Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. I do love L.A. I was born in L.A. I live just outside of L.A. I love L.A. There is some breaking news, though, in the association that's not exactly news at all. Now, I know that sounds kind of counterintuitive, but follow me on that. Breaking news that's not news at all, at least not to anybody who knows anything about ball, not to anybody familiar with the Lakers. In fact, anybody familiar with the Lakers already knew this was coming any second. In fact, I'm shocked that it didn't happen sooner. Anybody who knows the Lake Show knew that it was only a matter of time before a tweet like this dropped. At Shams Sharinia, quote, There is currently a growing disconnect between Darvin Ham and Lakers locker room stemming from disjointedness around rotation and adjustments. Might as well throw in the hashtag, oh, what do you know? The blame game has already begun in L.A. And as I mentioned, I'm shocked it didn't start sooner. Finger pointing season is underway. It is officially Chris Carter time for the Lake Show. You got to have a fall guy in the crew. (laughs) And, of course, the first person who was going to catch heat was always going to be Darvin Ham, because that's literally what he's there for. We all know that LeCap runs that show. We all know Darvin Ham is his human shield. And as soon as things went south for these Lakers, Ham was going to be the one to wear it. Ham was going to get the blame. LeFib was going to go ham on Ham. And things are going south already. So, of course, Ham is catching the blame. And no, Mama Cass clones does not have a take on this. Save that imbecility. Anyway, after last night's blowout loss to the Jimmy Butlerless Heat last night okay. at home, right? Miami comes into LA and they blow the Lakers out without Jimmy Butler. The Lakers fall below 500. Which is below not good. It seems like just yesterday, these dudes were celebrating winning the all-important Ears Invitational. Like they had just won a Larry O. And an Olympic gold. And the Powerball jackpot. All at the same time. They actually seemed happier than winning all those things. All at the same time. Since that in-season fake tourney win, fake championship... The Lakers have lost 9 of 12. They just lost three in a row. And last night might have been rock bottom. Man, they better hope it was. It definitely was a true low point. Because last night was the L.A. homecoming for none other than former UCLA star and breakout rookie Jaime Jaquez Jr. You know, the same dude that the Heat selected one spot after. After the Lakers passed up on him in the first round. So, what did the L.A. legend do to the hometown team that passed him up? Exactly what you would expect. He put up a game high, plus 24. He outscored LeCap. He dished out eight dimes. He played 39 minutes, and it was a 14-point win. That any good? Oh, not good. 
you think maybe the Lake Show could use somebody like that right about now. Especially since the dude they took, instead of Hawkeyes, barely plays. And scored no points in six minutes last night. The only player who had more minutes in the game last night than Hawkeyes was Anthony Street Clothes Davis. Anthony Street Clothes Davis. Which is pretty freaking alarming for the Lakers because Street Clothes has not been in his Street Clothes at all. In fact, the guy's been on the court and he's been dominant. This dude is balling out. You could even say that AD has been the leading man that LeBron promised he would be this season. This dude is balling out. And it doesn't even matter. He's playing some of the best ball of his career. And it doesn't even matter. I mean, that is alarming as hell for the Lake Show. And that's why... What's that alarm for? Because it's just alarming? Is that just a generic alarm, Alvin? That's the alarming alarm. That is the alarming alarm. We have an alarm for everything. Even when things are alarming. I like it. That's why they're now scrambling to find an excuse as to why they can't find a win. Scrambling to find an excuse or scrambling to find a fall guy. You've got to have a fall guy. I've got a different thought on this. I think I know where to place the blame, and it's not on Darvin Ham. I think it's on the banner. I think these dudes curse themselves by ignoring their own standard and hanging a banner for winning seven regular season games. Meaningless games. I mean, I don't even believe in curses. I'm not that guy. But the bad juju and mojo from that idiotic banner is undeniable, right? You want a solution, Lake Show? I'm not saying it's going to fix everything, but it would be a start. Rip that banner down. In-season banners are for losers. Firing Darvin Ham is not going to do jack. I mean, it's inevitable, right? As long as LeCap is there inevitable. and they're not winning, whoever is coaching is going to get LeCapped. We know this. But that's not going to fix it. That won't fix bleep. So you might as well at least try to take that banner down first since it's an easier solution and the banner itself is a total disgrace to what was once a proud franchise. It's a fake championship. I'm not even going to call it a championship. It doesn't mean jack. You embarrassed yourselves. You embarrassed your fans. You embarrassed your city. And you embarrassed me, most of all. Take that crap down. Take it down now. Kobe Bryant said it best back in the day. We play for and we celebrate one thing and one thing only. Championships. Not whack, contrived, in-season tourneys like the Ears Invitational. This franchise does not hang division banners. (laughs) It does not hang conference championships. (laughs) We hang one banner and one banner only, and that's NBA titles. And you may not like it. You may think it sucks. You may think it's not great sportsmanship. Get over it. It is what it is. It's a city of champions for a reason. I don't know about you. I kind of get chills every time I hear his voice. So I'm a fair person. 
I'm a reasonable person. You can't blame the Lakers for not taking Hawkeyes, right? I mean, how could they know that he would be this good as a pro? How could they know about the guy at all? I mean, come on. The scouting department cannot be everywhere. It's not like this cat was two bus stops away from the practice facility. You could see where they could miss on this guy. You could see where maybe they wouldn't know everything about this guy. You could see whereby maybe they would have never seen this guy play. I mean, how many Jets and how many different stops do you have to make to find this guy play? He only spent four years, four minutes from where you practice. Listen, Darvin Ham deserves some blame, but Laker fans are treating him like it's all his fault. Laker fan is going after Darvin Ham like that one viral video of that criminal from that Vegas courtroom. You've seen it. I mean, I'm not going to celebrate it. I'm not going to glorify it. It was actually pretty terrifying. But I couldn't stop looking at it. Let me tell you something. If anybody's going to dominate the criminal combine, it's this guy. Did you see the vert on this guy? Holy crap. This dude is going to set marks at the criminal combine that will last forever. Again, I'm not glorifying this in any way, man. That was bad. That was scary. That was terrifying. You've got a female judge who's not going to let this guy walk, who's about to lay down the sentence, and this dude was like Superman. Or at Alvin's point, this $6 million man. This dude was like Steve Austin back in the day. Like he could jump, this dude could jump over the Empire State Building. The way he got over the judge's bench, holy crap, what a bad scene that was. Anyway, this dude jumped over the judge's bench to get at the judge, to tackle her, and then you can't really see what goes on except some kind of feeble attempts by those who are in the courtroom to get him off of her. It was a bad deal. Bad deal. No credit to everybody who stood around and watched it, too. How about that one dude? Is she all right? Probably not, man. Probably not. But thanks for pitching in. Anyway, anyway, I, I know. Bad analogy. Bad analogy. But I know you clones have all seen it. And we're going to bring it to me and act like I hadn't seen it. So I wanted to get in front of it. Bad analogy. Bad joke. Hey, Raiders, you might want to see when that guy's getting out. Now, granted, I don't know what she was going to hit him with. But go ahead and 10 exit based on what he did. But maybe just put in a phone call to see when that guy's getting out. Put him on the opposite side of Max Crosby. He might be the only guy with a motor that exceeds that belonging to Max Crosby. I think I finally found the answer to the tush push. Line that guy up against all of them. Damn, that that was crazy. And scary. And maybe do something about security in the courtroom. 1-800-636-8686. Speaking of Max Crosby, 
Have <laughs> you seen that great other viral video of Gardner Minshew talking about Max Crosby? And they've got him mic'd up. Max comes off really well in that, but Gardner is so funny, man. He is so funny, and he is so chill. I, I love that exchange when he's on the sideline talking about him. So sometimes these viral videos are pretty good. So in addition to that, haven't started with the Lakers in a long time, but it's starting. The blame game is starting. The finger pointing is starting. The cap is going to start capping. And all of a sudden, Darvin Ham is getting a lot of heat because, of course, of course, as long as the cap is there and things are not going well. And by the way, he had arguably one of the worst games of his entire career last night. Fact. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Probably so. Listen, this time, don't make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Grab instead a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. That's my go-to. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender and it's made from real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. Plus, Old Trapper is a family-owned business. I know this family, and I know they take smoked beef extremely seriously so you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried, rough beef in a bag? Nobody. It's like eating an old shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors, old-fashioned, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy. So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for it in the Clearview bag. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? I'm talking, of course, about Jed Fish. He joins me via Zoom. Jed, great to have you on the show. How are you? Thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. Doing great? Great. I appreciate you coming on. Really good to talk to you, Jed. So you've done an amazing job in turning that program around completely from one win in 2021 to five wins last season to your program's first 10-win season since 2014. Let me start right there. What do you think were the biggest factors behind your team taking such a massive leap from last year to this year? I think the biggest thing was that our guys didn't leave. Uh, We didn't have a lot of... We didn't lose more than one or two players in the transfer portal. We recruited a ton of high school kids uh, that became freshmen, sophomores, and then juniors. And um, we were able to keep the staff together. We had uh, nine out of our 10 coaches uh, returned for all three years. So I think when you do that and you have continuity and then you've been around some great coaches in the past, you know kind of how to how to keep it together, and I think that's what we did best uh, most recently. You know, Jed, you're not the first guy to say that. Not many guys can say that because guys are looking to leave, but you're not the first one to say that. How is it then that you kept that whole thing together? How did you keep players from leaving and coaches from leaving, especially when you're having success? Yeah, you know, uh, it wasn't money, I can tell you that. We didn't have that. We don't have that compared to some of these other programs, but uh, – I think it was opportunity. One of the biggest things that we don't necessarily sell NIL, we sell NFL. And uh, what we do is we say things to the effect of, you know, we've got opportunities here that no one else has. And we've got chances to be able to come here and be around Bill Belichick. We have chances here to be around some of the great ones uh, in the business and in the profession. And I think that that really is one of the most important things that we can offer is the opportunity for guys to meet Sean McVay, meet Belichick, meet Pete Carroll, 
and really understand what it's like to be a part of an NFL program. And we try to be the 33rd NFL program. Wow. Jed Fish joining us. I love that so much. We don't sell NIL. We sell NFL. That said, as much as I love that line, you know that most people, including young people, want the immediate gratification. They want both, right? They want NIL and NFL. How do you get them to postpone that immediate gratification? Yeah, well, I think everybody, you know, everybody understands the importance of NIL and we're not uh, immune to it. And we don't not understand that there's certainly opportunities when you come to Arizona to receive it. Um, I think what it comes down to is trying to explain to them the balancing act of what real money really is and how it's going to work out for you in your future. And if you take, you know, maybe if you received less at one place but you receive more opportunity, that's going to benefit you far more than anything you could ever imagine. Uh, You get paid for how good you are. You get paid for how much you play. You get paid in the future for um, your opportunities, uh, whether you get drafted or how early you get drafted or what position you choose. So we try to explain to our guys and educate them that, hey, there's always going to be opportunities, and we're going to make sure of that. And we're going to have a collective like everyone else has a collective. And we're going to do all the things that everybody does. But are you willing to look past it? And are you willing to say what else is important? And we want to sell development. Our program's about development. We, we signed 25 high school kids uh, or 28 high school kids a year ago, 31 the year before that, 19 this year, and uh, maybe six portal players this year, uh, maybe you know, six or seven the year before. And we want people to say, hey, if we come to Arizona, we're going to get developed. Uh, Guys that have, you know, coached and called plays in the NFL. I was an NFL coordinator, college coordinator, NFL quarterback coach, and uh, try to explain to them, hey, offensively, you're going to run a system that they run in L.A. Sean, what we do in the Rams, we do at Arizona. And defensively, we're going to run something very similar to what they do in Seattle. What Coach Carroll does in Seattle, we kind of do here. So that's kind of our pitch, and that's how we make it happen. We are talking to Arizona head football coach Jed Fish. So, Jed, I'm going to ask you something right now, and the first thing that's going to go through your mind is, did that guy not listen to a word I just said? And I heard everything you just said, but I want to ask you this. I can point to what you've done since you got there. I can point to your background, and I can point to the way you're coming off right now in a really, really good way. And it would seem to reason this is why when the season was coming to an end, your name was connected to a lot of big-time coaching openings to reassure nervous Arizona fans that you reportedly have not signed a new contract extension yet. Is that something that's going to get done shortly? Is that where you want to be? Yeah, you know, it is. I appreciate you asking. I I think right now we're just – working through semantics to get this deal done. I think we're very, very close. We want to be done here very soon. And we want to be a part of this program for a long time. Um, I've moved a lot in this business to be able to uh, be here today, to become a head coach in a Power 5 program, to win 10 games, to be a top 15 team, hopefully a top 10. And uh, we've got 18 out of 22 returning starters next year. So uh, I have no interest in going anywhere. I have a lot of interest in – seeing if we can get to that CFP and there's 12 teams in it next year. Uh, and I would love to have our team be part of it. I appreciate that. Jed Fish joining us. So you've got a really unique perspective on Monday's national championship game because you coached at Michigan 
and you faced Washington this season. So let me start with the Michigan side of things. You were part of Jim Harbaugh's original staff when he was hired at Ann Arbor. What was your biggest takeaway from your two years of working with him? Uh, uh, well, Jim's phenomenal. You could take so much away. I would say the number one thing you got to you gotta take away is his love for football is unmatched. Um, you could see it. You could smell it um, around him. I mean, he has an aura of just a passion for the game of ball. And uh, he lets his coaches coach. Uh, I was the quarterback coach and pass game coordinator and called the passes the first two years we were all together. And Jim was always – you know, the guy played quarterback for 14 years in the NFL. I think he came to one quarterback meeting. The first one I ran, and after that, I guess I got the blessing, and and that was it. When it came to the offensive install, he was there every day, but never interrupted, let us keep coaching. And uh, I think Jim's, Jim's greatest asset is he tries to hire good coaches, and he lets coaches coach, and uh, he is a leader of men. So uh, I'm, I can't wait to watch him. We're very close still. I think he's the coach of the year. And uh, without a doubt, what he did at Michigan with all the adversity that they've had to deal with over the last 12 months is just, uh, they're a really good team, man. Jed Fish joining us. Any of that self-imposed adversity, in your opinion? I think the, you know, there's so much to it. I don't know. I mean, like what happened and how it happened. And I mean, some of the rules, some of the things that might have occurred are pretty crazy, but I mean, what I what I do know is that they overcame all of it. And without being in their building, um, and I wasn't there in 2020 during COVID and whatever that stuff happened. I wasn't there with any of the sign-stealing discussions. Um, I don't know. I don't know this whole thing about sign-stealing. I've never been a part of that. Um, I, I don't really know how to do it myself. If I was coaching against a team and a guy next to me told me they were going to run a certain coverage, I don't even think I could think fast enough to get it fixed. So, you know, I don't know. I guess it is what it is there. But I just think the way Jim handled this team and the way his players rallied around him, it makes for quite a story on uh, whatever Monday night and going against a really good Washington team who we played twice and lost by four and lost by seven in back-to-back years. Um, It's going to be an exciting game to watch. I love that game. Jed Fish joining us for a few more moments. So what about that matchup? As you point out, you played them tough twice. Michael Penix Jr. threw for 363 yards in the game this year. He was even better, Jed, against Texas in the Sugar Bowl. As you point out, you've coached quarterbacks. You've worked with plenty of really talented quarterbacks, both in college and in the NFL. What do you like best about Penix's game, and how good of a pro do you think he'll be? Yeah, uh, you know the thing with him. Uh, so we saw him, and um, and it, he made some big plays against us. We lost thirty-one twenty-four this year, and then a year ago, I think he, both quarterbacks threw for four hundred and fifty and five hundred yards. Uh, I think he threw for five hundred in the game two years ago. Um, but what you can see is he has incredible ability to be accurate uh, when he's outside the pocket, when he moves the pocket, um, he throws on great rhythm, and he knows how to anticipate throws i mean this guy gets the ball out of his hands and those receivers just run underneath that ball in like in pretty fashion and uh you know he's a very he's very much like tua in a lot of ways he reminds me a lot of tua probably because he's a lefty that's the easy way out um you know if i said he's like steve young and tua you'd be like wow you're really bright coach but uh he does he has that ability to to see the game 
get the ball out of his hands. He doesn't have to drive it faster than anybody else, although he did make a beautiful touchdown pass the other day against Texas, showing his arm strength. But this guy is accurate. And this guy anticipates, and he has great command of his offense. All right, so you've got a really intriguing matchup. Ultimately, I know you're not in the prediction business, but ultimately, what do you think this game comes down to, and do you have a strong lean either way? I think it's going to come down to turnovers. Um, I I think neither team turns the ball. Neither team gives the ball away very much. And um, when when Washington struggled, um, at all this season, you know, they had that tight game against ASU and a couple other games. It was really when they turned the ball over. I think if they don't turn the ball over, they're really difficult to stop. And Michigan uh, playing, they got the number one total defense in the country. If they can get after the quarterback and cause some takeaways, I think that's how you win the game. So it's going to come down to if Washington protects the ball, they're going to be tough to beat. If Michigan gets the takeaways, I think they'll win the game. Hey, Jed, one last thought. You talked at length about your program and what you have to offer and why guys are going there and why guys are staying there. It's kind of surreal in the sense that in the final year of its existence, the Pac-12 is going to be represented in the national title game. As you get ready to transition into a new conference, what has the new conference done or how has it impacted your recruiting? Yeah, I mean, it, it is surreal. I mean, I saw that the Pac-12 had the best bowl record. We were 5-3. and three. I mean, we wound up beating Oklahoma, who's going to the SEC. Washington ends up beating Texas, who's going to the SEC. Um, USC beat Louisville. I mean, it's it's crazy how, how it happened. Um, but, you know, it is what it is, and we all have to deal with the changes that have occurred. Um, but I would say this. We get an opportunity to have more of a national landscape now. Uh, the Big 12 – is really a national conference. They've got we've got teams in Florida, we've got teams in Ohio, we've got teams in Texas, and uh, for Arizona, you know, I love our West Coast team. We're very much Hawaii, California operation, but the idea of being able to bring uh, some recruits uh, from Florida and Texas, I think, can really help help our well and even make us a better team and uh, try to improve on our 10 wins of this year. I'll tell you what, the program's in such an amazing spot. Got a great, great leader, a great head coach, a finalist for the Eddie Robinson National Coach of the Year Award, and it's easy to see why. Jed, really appreciate you, really appreciate your time, and great to have you on the show. Jed, let's do it again soon. Let's do it. I love it, man. It's great to uh, great to talk to you, Jim. College football fans, the championship is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook is making sure you can throw down on the epic showdown for a shot at big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting $5 on the championship game. What you want to do is download the app right now and use my code ROME, R-O-M-E. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code ROME, R-O-M-E. Me. The crown is yours. You do have to be present in state where it's lawful to wager. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age, various by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I was not going to steer out of my way to go back down this road with you, Michigan man, Michigan woman, Michigan child, Michigan animal. I wasn't going to. 
I don't want to rehash any of this. I'm tired of all of it. I do not want to reset this. But apparently, your quarterback does. Your star quarterback just made that topic pretty much impossible to avoid after the scuds that he fired off yesterday. Now, before we get into what J.J. McCarthy said, I want to be crystal clear about this too. I have no problem with this dude. I like this dude a lot, actually. Like him as a dude, like him as a player. In fact, I have no problem with any of the dudes on that team. I like the dudes on that team. I like watching that team play. They're a damn good team. I don't deny that. I never said they weren't. I'll even prove it by throwing some overdue props at J.J. before I get into what he said and what he did. Because I think that J.J. made the best play of the entire Rose Bowl. And it's not being talked about nearly enough. The one where he saved the Wolverines from a total disaster with a backpedaling one-handed catch on a crossfield lateral, and then somehow, someway, he managed to heave it downfield for a 20-yard gain. It was actually an amazing play. That ends in the game, Bredesen and Barner, and Edwards, who can throw it, lobs it back to McCarthy, who has to retreat to make a one-handed grab, and tosses downhill to Roman Wilson. Not exactly how you draw it up, and McCarthy is down in the field. Took a hit from Dallas Turner, which is never fun. And then they had to pick half of the field out of his face mask after that play. So McCarthy made a bunch of big-time plays on that Monday, and that might have been the biggest one of all. I mean, it was incredible. What he said yesterday, though, was less incredible. Almost as unbelievable, but less incredible. Here is the quote. I also feel like it's so unfortunate because there's probably, I don't want to say a crazy number, but I'd say a good number. 80% of the teams in college football steal signs. We actually had to adapt because in 2020 or 2019, when Ohio State was stealing our signs which is legal, and they were doing it, we had to get up to the level that they were at, and we had to make it an even playing field. End of quote. Uh, what? What? I mean, seriously, I've got to drop a Babs on this dude one more time. What? 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 So basically, your excuse is everybody else does it, And Ohio State did it first. But you also admit that what they were doing was legal. But you guys still decided you had to make it a level or even playing field by devising a scheme that was not legal. What you basically said was we could not beat them while they were following the rules. So we had to break the rules in order to, quote, even the playing field. But you see, JJ, the thing about that is cheating makes for an unlevel playing field. That's why it's called cheating. That's why it's not allowed. And that's not even getting into the fact that JJ wasn't even on the team in 2019. And Michigan didn't even play Ohio State in 2020. So who knows what he's even talking about there. But even if Ohio State had stolen signs from the sideline during that non-existent 2020 game, 
it still would have been legal, as J.J. himself admitted. Unlike having a coach in disguise on another team's sideline or a coach in the stands filming a future opponent's sideline. Illegal. As far as everybody's doing it, not everybody has a Connor Stallions. How is this still confusing to you, Michigan men and women and children and domesticated animals? You went to Michigan. Now, putting aside those of you who are Michigan men and women that didn't go to Michigan, but those of you who did, I thought you were the best and brightest. If that's the case, why are you having so much trouble understanding this still? Even Michigan star quarterback. We all know there is legal sign stealing. We know this. But that's not what the Stallion scandal is about. Like, at all. How do you not know that? Here's some free advice for you, Michigan player. In the lead-up to the biggest game of your lives, maybe don't talk about the whole sign-stealing thing. I know, crazy idea, right? But maybe you don't bring that up. Maybe you don't talk about it like that. Seeing as to how it's still an active NCAA investigation. It's a pretty easy no comment because it's still an active NCAA investigation. All you had to do was say, I can't really talk about that. I'm not allowed to. But dropping seemingly self-incriminating statements is a bad idea. And so is saying that, quote, everybody's doing it. And so is blaming Ohio State for it. And so is saying we had to even the playing field. Because that's not what you did. Again, cheating creates an unlevel playing field. That's why it's cheating. But then again, am I not wasting my energy and breath on this? It's not like anybody was ever going to forget about any of this anyway, whether or not he brought it up. It's not like asterisk nation isn't out there waiting to hang an asterisk on this team if you do win Monday night. But do you guys really need to keep drawing attention to it? I wasn't. I wasn't going to bring that up again. I'm not out here trolling you. I was not going to talk about that again. But it's almost like JJ was like, why isn't anybody talking about the way we cheated? JJ! Why isn't anybody talking about this more? I don't think we're talking enough about how we cheated. And that's one of the reasons why we are where we are. <laughs> right? I mean, how does he go into an elaborate description, which in large part made no sense at all, about that? Well, we're not talking about it enough. And this is all after you had Connor Stallions himself parading around the Rose Bowl and Michigan football alum Chase Winovich blasting the fact out on Instagram. Like, these dudes had nothing to hide. They had two of the best seats in the entire house. Here was the post... And here is the voice of the mysterious and elusive Stallions right before kickoff on Monday from his seat right behind the Michigan sideline. Let's go. Connor, what are you thinking, bro? It's time. It's time. It's time. Connor bro said, it's time. He's right. It is time. Time for you all to stop reminding everybody you got caught cheating Right in the middle of your magical season. 
The only surprising thing about Stallions being in the Rose Bowl for that game is that he wasn't actually in the Superdome getting set up to film the Washington sideline during the Sugar Bowl. And of course the guy was front and center with one of the best seats in the house of the Rose Bowl because the Wolverines probably would not have been at the Rose Bowl without this guy. So they had to hook him up. <laughs> JJ, my man. Dude, you are a really good player. In fact, Tom Brady called you the greatest quarterback, or I should say Jim Harbaugh called you the greatest quarterback in Michigan history. Maybe. But it's almost like this guy wanted to clarify something that didn't need any clarification at all. We get it. You cheated. You got caught. And you can't wait to win once more and run around screaming, who's got it better than us? Nobody. Still the cheesiest, cringiest thing ever. If you want to talk to your smack, Michigan folk, better to channel the smack-off champ himself, Mark in Boston, instead of Harbaugh. While none of this is even remotely funny, Mark came in and actually made me laugh about it. You know, when he said, quote, damn right we cheated, because cheating works. They tried to kill our coach. They tried to say we were cheating. Well, I'm here to say to all the haters and the losers, listen closely. Cheating works. I love it. We just He did that yesterday. It was great. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I know, Michigan men. You are America's team. It's gotta be America's team. It's gotta be America's team. America America loves a team that cheats that uh, you know beats the odds, beats the adversity, you know, overcomes with the naysayers and you know, critics, so called experts think. Gobble, gobble, jive turkey. I love the adversity that they overcame. You mean that adversity created by you cheating and your coach getting suspended? You mean that self-imposed adversity? You mean that adversity? Gobble, gobble, turkey. Self-imposed adversity, self-imposed suspension, conference suspension, NCAA still investigating two different things, adversity, quarterback foot and mouth adversity. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Dio Odangbo. Dio, it's good to have you on. How are you? I'm doing great. How you doing? Good, dude, good. Listen, the postseason is not officially getting underway until next week, of course, and there's so many crazy scenarios that are out of your control, but the Colts really do control their own destiny. It's a big challenge you have in front of you, but it's a great opportunity. How good does it feel to know that you're going into that last game of the regular season knowing that if you win, you're in? I mean, it feels great, you know, uh, being able to play meaningful football this late in the year and, and be able to control our own destiny going into the last week. So, you know, it's pretty much, it's pretty exciting uh, kind of playing this last week that's basically a playoff game. So, 
uh, it's, it's really exciting and definitely a blessing. You know what? On some level, it's kind of amazing that you and I are even having this conversation. And I say that because you lost your rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson, week four, and you've dealt with injuries to key, key playmakers like Jonathan Taylor as well as some others. Most outside your locker room had given up on the Colts. I'm curious, what were you all telling each other on the inside when adversity hit and hit again and again? Uh, just sticking to the process at the end of the day. And I think it's truly just a testament to, you know, Coach Steichen's uh, uh, kind of mindset and his philosophy coming in and the way he's uh, gone about his business. And, you know, it kind of just rubbed off on everybody else. So when things got tough, we just, you know, kind of uh, buckled down and worked harder. And so we've been able to put ourselves in a position to play, you know, really important football. Shoot, Dow, you beat me to it. I was going to ask you about your first-year head coach. I mean, all this is going on, and you've got a first-year head coach in Shane Steichen. Listen, you knew, and by the way, he's done a good enough job that he's in the running for coach of the year. You knew that when you hired him, you were getting a great offensive mind that played a big role in Philadelphia getting to the Super Bowl. What else have you learned about your head coach in his first season there? Uh, I think just his competitiveness. I mean, he's super competitive just in everything he does. Um and just his drive to be, you know, perfect, just always working to get better, you know, uh, holding people accountable and just um, pushing us to be the best we can be. So it's, it's been it's been a lot of fun this year, and it's, I'm uh, excited for the future as well. Hey, listen, two minutes in, I already know you're all about team. It's going to be all about team. It's going to be all about team goals. But I mentioned your numbers off the top, career numbers, huge numbers, impact numbers what's been the biggest difference for you this year as compared to last year how'd you make such a big step this year um i think it was just uh kind of that same mindset of just sticking to the process and you know when you kind of just build those days and stay consistent eventually uh you know the dam breaks so i think it's just uh building confidence through preparation and just continuing to to work to be better Dad, when did the dam break can you point to when the dam actually broke um, I feel like there were some leaks, you know, last season. We, I, I definitely felt some flashes towards the end of the season. And then, you know, just early this year and going through OTAs and camp, I became more and more confident than just, uh, you know, going through this season and having some big games and, you know, uh, just kind of building them on top of each other. And then you kind of just look up and don't realize and, you know, you're in a completely different place than you were. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, if you have a process and you stick to that process and you stack day after day after day after day, all of a sudden you wake up one morning and you're in a totally different place. I've always loved that analogy. You know, your background, your backstory to me is really interesting. Your parents, Gary and Betty, first emigrated from Nigeria to England, and then they came to the U.S. in the late 90s. It's clear how determined they were to create a better life for you and your family. How would you describe your folks? What are they like? Uh, they're definitely driven. I mean, they're hardworking, and uh, they they have a high expectation of my brother and I, so that's kind of always been big for us, whether it's been in school or football. You know, they really didn't want us to play football uh, at first. They kind of had a mindset of us going to medical school or being lawyers. So, um, But that mindset of just working hard and, and always trying to be the best in whatever you do, not letting anybody outwork you, has kind of just transferred over to football and, you know, kind of inadvertently 
allowed us both to you know go play college football and then me to play at this level you know so what's so interesting is sometimes kids don't get beyond that right they end up following their parents dreams for them or their parents impose their will how did that flip I mean did they ultimately decide if you've got a passion for it and you're going to work towards it we're going to support that ultimately how did they embrace or accept that you wanted to play football honestly I feel like it was we always played sports growing up but uh just early you know playing being in Texas and it, it you know football's king so everybody just around us just kind of saw how big we were and how how fast we were growing and um you know eventually we just ended up playing, being in football and then you know for my parents once you're in something you got to be the best at it so it was just once we we're in it uh there was really no looking back there was no quitting so we just saw how far it could take us. Dad, what if you weren't in Texas? What if you, I mean, it could be Florida, it could be Texas, maybe Cali, but what if you didn't end up in Texas where football is everything? Do you think it might have gone differently or were you going to end up where you are right now no matter what? Yeah, I mean, there's no telling. You know, life is, the way life can go, you know, one little decision can change your whole life. So, um, I mean, there's no telling. Maybe I would have been a basketball player, who knows. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I'm just blessed to have, have uh had the opportunities I did and have had everything kind of play out the way it has. All right, so let me ask you this. Given your family's journey to America, how awesome was that Colts game against the Pats in Frankfurt in November? Because not only did you have your first three-sack game since high school, but you did it in front of nine members of your family who made the trip, including some who live in Europe. What was that trip like? That was awesome. I mean, I mean, one, it was awesome to be able to just go to another country and be able to you know, represent football in our country and uh, kind of just spread the game. And then also, you know, to have that much family there who none of them, none of that side of my family have seen me play before. So um, it was awesome to not only just see them, but allow them to see me play and kind of introduce them to football as well. And then to have a big game like that in front of them was really special. I was going to say, how well did those who had never seen you play before, how well did they know the game itself? And did they fully appreciate what you accomplished that day? Yeah, I think uh, they've been kind of like learning the game uh, just because obviously, you know, you have a family member who's playing. Um, you know, they've been watching, doing their best to try to learn the game. But I, I definitely think seeing it in person and, and kind of being able to understand everything about it from the atmosphere, you know, the fan experience, just the whole pageantry of a football game uh, was really special. And it was a really exciting experience for them and for me. No, I appreciate that. I want to get into your backstory because I think it's so interesting. So before you go, let's circle all the way back. The Colts beat the Texans 31-20 to in Week 2 in Houston, but that was early in C.J. Stroud's rookie season. And since then, as we know, he's become the front runner to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year award. What did you take away from that game? And then what are you expecting from Stroud and the Texans' offense in the rematch? Yeah, I mean, even in that game, he uh, made a, a lot of really uh, special plays and showed a lot of his uh, a lot of his potential and his talent early. So um, obviously, he's had a whole season under the, his belt now, and he's pretty much you know no longer a rookie at this point, this late in the season. So just. Um, uh, you know, understanding his strengths and and for us as a D line, just understanding that we need to get to him early and do our best to affect him early and get him off of his game because you know a player that special can be uh, can be a game changer. So you know we're excited to just have the opportunity to you know play a competitive game and and uh, you know put ourselves in the position that we want to be. 
Dio, I got to ask you one thing about your quarterback, Gardner Minshew. I was talking about this viral video. Maybe you've seen it, maybe not, but him and Max Crosby. Dude, yeah. Gardner is, dude, he is so funny. He, he is so funny. Don't get it wrong and don't get it twisted. I know how competitive this guy is and I know how badly he wants to win, but how chill and how funny is this dude and what's he like to be around? I mean, he's a great guy. I mean, just being around him, he's a. He's fun in the locker room. You can always crack jokes with him. He's never too serious. But, you know, when he needs to, he's uh, he's serious and he's a, a, a leader and a, a voice in the locker room that's very needed. So uh, it's been a lot of fun, you know, having him on the team and just, you know, seeing his the different antics from camp till now and, you know, seeing the special plays that he can make on the field with his arm and his legs. So it's been really fun. Antics is a great way to describe it. <laughs> and you know what's so great about that? It's great. Antics are great if you've got the plays to back it up. Otherwise, right, they're yeah. just antics, and it's not so great. Dial, yeah. listen, really good to have you on the show. I know it's an enormous week for you. Appreciate you making time, and really good to have that conversation. Nice job by you. Thanks so much. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So I've got to tell you guys about this. The other day, I've come across a product that all of us should be carrying around. It's something totally different for fresh breath. It's an amazing product called Zellman's Minty Mouth, and I'm telling you, it's a game changer. If you're up in the grill with somebody else and you're making your case for whatever it is, make sure your breath is fresh. Zellman's cleans your breath in a way that other mints don't and can't because it's not just a mint. It's a functional breath freshener capsule that you swallow. Clinically tested against the toughest offenders like garlic and onions, you just pop two or three in your mouth, you suck the minty coating, then you swallow the capsule for the confidence of fresh, clean breath, and it lasts for hours. This product is like nothing else you've ever tried. It fights bad breath in your mouth, and then it goes right down to your gut. This is the ultimate hack to get rid of coffee, garlic, or smoker's breath. You're going to like having the confidence of long-lasting fresh breath or your money back guaranteed. These folks will give you your money back. Not that you'll want it, but they will. They have free shipping if you order three packs or more. Trust me, you're going to want more, and nobody likes to pay for shipping. Go to Zellman's.com right now. That's Z-E-L-M-I-N-S.com right now. You'll get 15% off when you use my promo code ROAM. That's Z-E-L-M-I-N-S dot com. You have to use the code Rome to get your 15% savings. Do it now. V. In the fee. V, what's going on? Shaquille Romeal. Happy New Year, my brother. Happy Sorry New Year, dude. I'm a little under the weather. I am a little sick. <laughs> Why is everyone else sick? Why is everyone making a big deal of this whole Darwin scam and LeBald blames? Arr! Team locker room disconnect, and they want to fire Ham. Did everyone forget? Hello, the job is finished. We already won the in-season tournament, losers. And you're telling me you're going to fire the coach who led us there? Do you know how hard it was to motivate those guys during the tourney? Hey, hey, fellas, I know you're tired on D. I know you woke up under a pile of Vegas groupies this morning. But it's time to dig deep and think about that 500 girl, fellas. So get in your defensive stance, slap the ground, and yell 500 girl on three. One, two, three, 500, let's go. Man, you're all underestimating how hard it was to win that tournament in the first place. You know how hard it was to win those games on those courts covered in fruity pebbles? I mean, real champs can fight through the colors and rainbows and play through anything. And who cares that we didn't draft uh, Jaime Jaquez? That choker folded in the first round of the in-season tourney. Not as champs, baby. We want guys that can only play in two months of the season. Forget about January through June. It does not matter. 
So if you don't believe me, it doesn't matter. Take a look at the freaking Raptors. When June comes around and we're not in the NBA Finals, I'm going to stand in the middle of Staples and point to the Raptors and say, hey, job's done, fellas. IST banner, scoreboard losers. Hey, Romy, who's got it better than us? Everybody. My man, go ahead and rack him. I like that. Silk bra. My brother, what's going on, Silk? What's up, bra? Greetings from the 805, bra. Paso Robles, a little wine-tasting action, bra. It's awesome up here, bro. Yeah, it is. Good so, for you, dude. About, dude, we're about to head down to your stomping grounds, bro. We're going to hit the 101 and get down to State Street, bro. There's a place called the Funk Zone, Killer Wines, bro. It's going to be killer. It's awesome. Dude, i got to give you props. You really seem more fired up this year. Um, like, I can tell the difference in your voice, dude. Like, especially on uh, Tuesday, bro, you were shot out of a cannon, bro. I'm stoked on you, bro. I know you're constantly reinventing, but I, you got a lot of piss and vinegar going, bro, and I totally love that. Now, uh, listen up, bro. This whole – oh, by the way, thanks for shouting out the Village Inn, bro. What a legendary spot, bro. I love that place. Um, listen, Rob Lowe, you know, he's probably spending more time on that new game show he's doing because – Jungle legend Don Smack Clain worked out Jaime Jaquez for CAA right down the street, and McLean told Rob Lowe, this guy is going to be a rotation player for the next 13 years in the NBA. He's, you know, he's an all-around great player, and they still didn't draft him. I mean, Rob Lowe made moves, but you know what? Laker fans, we are not going to be happy until um, – LeBron's gone, bro. He's he's never been a full Laker, you know. He's not even Byron Scott, bro. You know, great. Thanks for the championship, LeBron. Now, you know, go enjoy your billions. So, you know, it's going to be sad in Lakerland, bro. I think I'm turning around on V and the Fee. He's pretty good, but I still don't believe Menifee's in uh, California. Listen, bro, I'm going to shout everybody out for you down in Santa Barbara. Um, War uh, Rock and Fig, RIP. War Dusty Street. War Freddy Snakeskin. I'll talk to you later, bro. Love it. Rack him. I'm going to run them down, top to bottom. Let's first go to Corvallis. Let's do the beef segment. Jackson in Corvallis. Jackson, what's your beef? Thanks, Jimmy. My beef is with the least coast and southeast media for the constant disrespect of the University of Washington football program. This is the, the, the least coast sports network sitting there saying that uh, they would be a mid-level Big Ten team due to their lack of talent. Uh, the mock drafts from the least coast uh, saying that Michael Penix and Roma Dunze wouldn't go in the first round. These are the same people that continuously say they're chasing their second national championship when it's their third or saying that they're in their midst of their second longest win streak when it's their third. Washington is going to make Michigan feel the way you did when you met Ronnie Lott backstage and he said, I heard what you've been saying about me, Romy. Jackson, how do you know how I felt? You could probably guess how I felt. I didn't, let's just say I didn't feel confident when Ronnie Lott got in my face and said, yeah. yo, man, I heard what you said about me. I'm like, well, no. Oh, yeah, I heard, Rome. I heard. No, no, Ronnie, you didn't. You know, Rome, I heard what you said about me. Ronnie, I'm looking you right in the eye, bro. You did not hear what I said about you because I didn't say anything about you because you're Ronnie Lott. And then after he said it like six times, he's like, yeah, oh man, I'm just pimping you. I'm like, oh, good one, Ronnie Lott. That was funny. Not funny at all. So I check what's running down my leg. Now that was actually a pretty good prank. That was a good call. That was good beef. He's right about the least coast. Washington is not getting respect, but as I said earlier this week, good. Good. 
maybe will get more points. And by we, I mean if you're betting them. It was long, but it was good. Generally, we like your beef segment to be bam, bam, get in, get out. But I let him go because he was good the entire time. If he started to ramble, I would have cut him short. All right, so we've already kind of lost our rhythm. Let's try it again. But not a bad start. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to New Orleans. Nooch! Happy New Year, bro. What's your beef? Hey, Jimmy. I hate to do it, man, but my beef is with you. Mm. Um, earlier in the uh, in the week, I have to agree with Silk, man. The thing 24 shot you out of a cannon. But earlier in the week, you were all over Jack Savage. Romy, you've told us a thousand times this dude is a trained killer. So I had to pull myself out of my perpetual herbal coma to call you and say, leave Jack alone. We don't want to find you next to Jimmy Hoffa. All right? Or the return of Zero Tolerance Friday in 2024. Who dat? Who dat? I got you, Nooch. I know. I'm playing with fire. Savage. I mean, his name is Jack Savage. It's Jack Savage. Nobody's walking around with that name, and that's his real name. That's not a radio name or an entertainment name or an alias. The guy's been walking around with this name for 27 years. He's Jack Savage. Obviously, for a reason. He's an assassin. I probably shouldn't mess with him, Nooch. You got a point. 1-800-636-8686. I said I would run him down. Let's go to Texas. Terry. Good to have you, Terry. What's your beef? I got beef with all the fatties doing victory laps around the buffet table just because they managed to only consume double burgers instead of triples for the last couple of days. Let me tell you something. The strong move in silence. Maintain focus and complete the mission, and I'll compliment you when appropriate. Go Bills. War the offensive Buffalo. Uh, setting fire to the Dolphins. Damn it, I lost it. Run me. No. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. You don't need to tell me, Terry. Not a very good call. Terry. Run me. Terry. Terry. He's like, damn it, I lost it. Run me. You don't need to tell me, Terry. You never need to tell me to run you. And I mean all of you. I know when to run you. Damn it, I lost it. Run me is great. Terry. I'm surprised you made it that far. Terry. He's like, I got a beef with these fatties running around the buffet table. After only having a couple of double burgers, doing victory laps. I'll let you know when you've completed the mission. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Sacktown. Oh, Ryan boy. Ryan, what's your beef? (laughs) Hey, Jimmy, we're home. It's simple to see. I have beef with the JTP. Don't. Don't, the JTP isn't well. Little people with big guts that swell. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. Ryan, I, I don't want to kill <laughs> any more brain cells than you just did. So that would mean me trying to kind of decode what you just said. I think you called the JTP fat and tried to work in. I mean, I mean, dude, this is the one part of the show that you actually 
were passable, serviceable, not totally offensive. And something happened between the end of last year and the start of this year. Now you're horrible at this, too. And without this, what do you have? Why did you think calling a certain group of people on the X fat was going to work? Fat? It didn't. Anyway, let's keep moving. We go to Tennessee. Roger, good to have you. Roger, what's your beef? Hey, Jim. My beef is with myself. For allowing my wife to say her brother is down his luck, only be here a couple of weeks. Well, it's been three years under my roof, eating my grub, eating and drinking my top shelf, laying on the couch all day. You better hope to God that I kick before my wife because, Donald, if she kicks first, you're not only out, I'm probably going to jail. I'm out. That might be the most severe beef I've ever heard. That's a beef. That's a beef. And he didn't sound like he was playing. You better hope that I kick before she does because if she goes first... I'm probably going to jail, Donald. She promised three weeks, and it's been three years, and he's sitting on my couch drinking my top shelf. That was pretty awesome, or it would be awesome if it weren't kind of frightening. Like, I think he meant that. Deadbeat. Get off his couch, man. 1-800-636-8686. I might have sold you a little short. The beefs are better than I thought. Let's go to Green Bay. Matt, good to have you. Matt, what's your beef? Hey, hey Jim, I got a beef with Caleb from Green Bay for letting Mark from Boston not only come into his own house and win the smack off, but take a big deuce in his toilet at the same time. Ah. Hey, Matt. You don't like that car. I don't like that What is it about toilet humor? being banned during the beef segment do you not understand? I mean, that one was so blatant, you obviously want to get run. I'm not even sure what you're referring to. Other, there, therefore, you want to get run. 1-800-636-8686. Let me stay in Green Bay. Let me see if this guy can redeem Green Bay. Ben in Green Bay. Hey, Ben, what's your beef? Hey, Romy, what's happening? What's up, dude? What's uh, your beef? My, my beef is with the wait staff at the local restaurant that when I ask them if they have something, they lean over my shoulder and say, well, we should. Well, no kidding, you should, idiot. If it was on the menu, I wouldn't be asking you if you had it. Or the Packers making it into the playoffs and war, the Bears still suck. That's a big game. I like it. I like your attitude. You know why I like your attitude, Ben? Because it's a bad attitude. Do you have it? Well, we should. Of course you should. It's on the menu. I'm asking you if you have it. That's pretty funny. 1-800-636-8686. We are just rolling telephone calls. I like this guy. Let's go to Matt in Alaska. Hey, Matt, what's your beef? Happy New Year. Jimmy, happy New Year to you, too. My beef is with the sweaty clamshell container complainer. These people order DoorDash like the Dasher's going to show up with a flat top grill and a fryer and make it right there. Look, they put your food in a clamshell container designed to hold in the heat. 
If you want your fries and your lettuce to show up fresh, get your ass in your climate-controlled vessel and take yourself to lunch. Don't have it delivered and complain that your fries are soggy. That's all I got, Jimmy. I'm out. That's perfect, man. I love that. That was so good. That was so good. That was delivered brilliantly. 1-800-636-8686. That was really solid. That made me laugh. Let's go to the ATX. I love it. We're back in the ATX. Vince in the ATX. Good to have you, Vince. What's your beef? Hey, Romy, que pasa? Que pasa? My beef is with the remaining members of the Big Club. Arr, little 12. We own you. Get out of here. You can blow it. Fuck them. My man, this is the way it is, Vince. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but there's this thing that's been going on for the last couple of years. Conference realignment. It's a big, giant game of musical chairs, and the music stops, and everybody wants to make sure they have their chair. (laughs) The little 12. All right, we're staying with the phones. Let's go to Oregon. Brandon. What's going on, Brandon? What's your beef? Hey, uh, I got beef with this chicken restaurant I'm at. They got the sports center playing with no subtitles and no audio. I'm listening to Mariah Carey. Like, if they got an option where I can watch Mariah Carey and listen to Sports Center, I'm in. But uh, this ain't working for me. Thanks. I don't know, bro. Maybe you go up to the bartender and ask him. Maybe you go to somebody at the restaurant and say, hey, can you turn the sound up or change the channel? Or better yet, maybe you do that. Maybe you go, hey, can you change the channel to CBS Sports Network so I can see Handsome Van Smack doing the beef segment? And then you know what? Even better what? Even better yet, dude, then you can see yourself and hear yourself on TV. Hope that helps. You're welcome. Let's go back to the ATX. Bart in the ATX. Hey, Bart, what's up? What's your beef? Hey, Romy, I got a beef with Detroit Lions fans. We had to listen to them all week complain about a bad call. Well, you know what? It wouldn't even got that far if your man would have been called for tripping when Pollard scored the first down. So quit your whining, shut the hell up, or we're going to turn Geno loose back on y'all, and you're going to burn Detroit down. I'm out. Bart, yeah, Geno's got a thing about Detroit. We'll see about Detroit. You know what would be really brutal, Detroit? You run into the Rams, who are playing lights out right now. Find me a quarterback in the NFC playing better than Matthew Stafford, honestly. Find me a quarterback in the NFC playing better than that guy right now. That's pretty awesome. What if he does you and your dream season comes to an end because a 35-year-old Matthew Stafford did you? Man, you think they're crying now. That's a really intriguing matchup right there. I like it. Let's keep going. Let's go to Hawaii. Scott, what's going on, Scott? What's your beef? Aloha, Jim. My beef was with my fellow workers spinning their wheels trying to figure out what to do. Get a Granger catalog. Do what you got to do. Also, you should have a bag of old traffic teriyaki beef jerky on the side. Keep yourself going during the day so you're not shutting down on me at 1 o'clock. Jim, if they don't have the Rediscover Project in their ear while they're doing their work, it's just not happening. But I just... I want to wish aloha, mahalo. Aloha, mahalo, especially for that 
promotion of the all-important Rediscover Project. That's my side hustle, the Rediscover Project with Jim Rome. Because I'm trying to rediscover myself. I'm trying to make sure that the next 25 are the best 25. You're going to want to look for that wherever you get your podcasts. The Rejuvenation Project, starring me, Jim Rome. Oh, have I told you about my side hustle to my side hustle? The Rekindle Project. Oh, if you're looking for something new, some new content, I've got a podcast that I'm starting this year. It's called The Restoration Project. My man, I appreciate you saying that. I I saw what you did there. I liked it. But it's The Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. Not the Rediscovery Project, or Rejuvenation Project, or Rehab Project. Let's go to South Carolina. J.D., J.D., what's your beef? Hey, Jim, thanks for taking my call. My beef is with college football and the transfer portal. My team is starting to look like my local Applebee's with this ridiculous turnover rate that we're starting to see. I mean, I don't even know what the waitresses' names are at the Applebee's, but now I don't even know what the names of the players are on my team anymore. Thanks for taking my call. Nice job, bro. Well done. See, that was simple. That's a pretty good little joke. I like that. That works for me. Well done. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Phoenix. Pete. Good to have you, Pete. What's your beef, Pete? Romy. Hey, thanks for that cameo, man. That was awesome. Uh, But my beef is with one of my reps that bought me the cameo. She will send me an email and call me at the same time and then call me and say, hey, did you get my email? I'm like, well, no, I picked up the phone. So do one or the other. Don't do both. Or Awatuki lacrosse late. My man. Nice job, Pete. Happy New Year. Appreciate the cameo business, too. I am on cameo. See, he liked it. Everybody who's done it has liked it because I've seen all the reviews. And don't be one of those wise asses that does it. See, the good thing is it's a price point where it's not worth it for you to jerk with me that way. Nothing but five-star reviews because I go all out on the cameo. Oh, really, Rome? You're about to get your first one star. Okay. Pay me. Pay me. Cameos are fun. Let's see. That guy liked his. Let's go to Tampa. Ryan in Tampa. Good to have you. Ryan, what is your beef? Thanks for the call, Jim. I got a uh, beef with the guy talking about asking waitresses if they have something or not. Bro, they're condescendingly talking to you. You're just not picking it up. Yeah, we just spent a million dollars to open this restaurant. We handcrafted 13 to 14 things to put it on the menu, and you're asking if we have it. Yeah, bro, we have it. Thanks, I'm out. Interesting. That's, that's an interesting point, actually. Like, what do you mean, do we have it? It's right there on the menu. Except the thing is, especially in Wisconsin where I just was, there are things that they don't have. So I don't know whose side to take on that one. That guy makes a very good point. They're being condescending. They're mocking you. They're clowning you. Yes, we have it, or it wouldn't be a menu item. Yeah, but the thing is, sometimes they don't have what's on the menu. A lot of times, actually, right? So I kind of think you're both right. I think you're both right. I like it. Let's check some written beefs. Hey, Tommy, you got to be surprised and impressed. They were good, actually. Oh, okay, my bad. 
Tom said it's the written beefs that were not as good. Let's go to Samir. Actually, at Samiracle83 writes, Jim, my beef is with businesses with double doors up front, and every time you try to walk in, one of the doors is locked, and then you're at a standoff with somebody who wants to walk in or walk out. That's good. That is a Samiracle. It says, my beef is with my brother-in-law who doesn't smoke weed, but every time he comes over to my house, he smokes my weed. Justin in Albany. In other words, he smokes weed. Just not his own weed. Tantrum gasm. Hey, Romers. Beef? Yep. I have a beef with those dumb, non-relevant team names in L.A. What the hell is a Laker? Somebody who swims in all those L.A. lakes? Dude, can I stop you right there? They, they didn't start in L.A. They were in Minneapolis. Dodgers. What are they? Dodging? Are they dodging rings? What are they dodging? Rings? He wrote that. Clippers. What is that? A barbershop crew? Clippers are actually playing pretty damn well. And that's a really bad joke. Go Rams. War Corvallis. Dude, that is one of the worst beefs I've ever read. Honestly. I mean, dude, you're a sports fan. Do you really not know about the Minneapolis Lakers? Anyway, my beef is with Chad's, who make a big show of letting you know you misdated something is 2023 in the first day of the new year. Nice work, Columbo. You sure cracked the case there. Why don't you go audit your nose hairs instead? Dave from Cottage Grove. Jimmers. Unfortunately, I have hashtag beef with you. Why haven't you given at Cindy the Stylist a segment yet? I would like 29 minutes of fart jokes in toilet humor, please. And thank you. Perhaps let her do big head bets with James. We would appreciate it. Signed, Abby and the Clones. War Lady Clones. Abby, I've tried. She doesn't want anything to do with it. I've tried. She made it on once. Cindy kind of likes that whole silent vibe thing. Like, she's got kind of an aura. Now, that, that's not to say that the aura would dissipate if she came on and started to talk. She's very smart. She's very resourceful. She's very hardworking. I've always said she does pretty much everybody's job around here as well as we do. But she, for whatever reason, does not want the segment. I've tried. At Salvador Yoga, Rome, here's my beef. Cover your ears, Cindy. Check it out, man. Back-to-back Cindy references. Cover your ears, Cindy. Bosses that celebrate your birthday months after it actually happened. I have a female boss who would rarely be in the office, but she made sure we all had an ice cream cake for our belated birthday. What an insulting practice. All right, dude, a couple of clarifications. 
Number one, Jack's birthday was not months ago. It was days ago. And clarification number two, Cindy is not Jack's boss. Technically, I am. But then again, since he's an assassin, he really doesn't answer to anybody. Back-to-back Cindy beefs. But not... One was about her, and one was in defense of her. Actually, it's not even fair. The first beef was about me. Hey, Rome, my beef is with all these... Here we go again. My beef is with all these fat, quote, influencers. Mad at Kelly Clarkson for losing a ton of weight. These hippos want her to stay fat and, quote, be true to herself. Hey, tubbies, Kelly will be alive when she's 50. You might be if you do a little more than wear blue jumpsuits attempting to dance. Chad in Orlando, wow. I mean... What does she have to apologize for? Getting in shape? Improving her health? What, she's a sellout? Because she's no longer fat? I mean, is that what it's come to? We, we can't compliment somebody for putting in the work and getting healthier and feeling better about themselves? Hey, listen, if you're fine the way you are, great. That's fine, too. But don't crack back on her for getting healthier and putting in the work. James Kelly, I don't want to hear from you on that topic. I already know you, dude. Hey, Rome, my beef is with the Happy New Year crowd. For the love of God, stop saying Happy New Year to everyone you encounter. We get it. Some meaningless date on the calendar means the world to you. It doesn't mean jack to the rest of us. Stop it. Regards, Scott and Crabchester wore the good Josh Allen showing up this week. Josh Allen. Yeah, dude, I don't know if that's a strong enough war. You need the good Josh Allen this week. More than ever before, you need the good Josh Allen this week. They're three-point favorites, by the way. Hey, Jim, my beef is with a single dude who always skips the tip at work. Oh, crap. I skipped the tip screen. Crap, sorry, I'll get you next time. No, you won't. Son, Wesley, near Boise. Yeah, that dude's not fooling Wesley. That Scott is that guy. My beef is with my boss, who after an entire year of busting my ass, working OT, and putting my life on hold for my company, gives me a, quote, meets expectations ratings on my annual review. Thanks, boss. Be prepared for an average effort in 24 for an average rating in 23. It's kind of funny. Dude, what if he fires you because of your average effort? Then what? My beef is with the owner of my favorite team. We can't have a competitive team. We can't have a training facility. We can't have a head coach for more than five minutes. Hell, we can't even go to a game. Without getting hit by a flying beer from the owner. David Tepper is a joke. Chris in SC. Actually, dude, technically it was a Jags fan that caught that beer. Not one of you. Jim, my beef 
is with everyone smashing a word or a phrase into the ground, then ditching it for the next one. So y'all just happen to start using mid at the exact same time. Lit. Fire. Let's go. And a whole host of others think you suck. Find your own damn word and treat it with respect. Be Wesley. Wesley getting in twice. And both pretty good. Dear Jim, my beef is with people who say, don't get me wrong, but, or, I think what I'm trying to say is, just say it. I'm an educated adult. I think I'm capable of understanding what you are saying. Leon Hartford. WAP. It's actually at, let me see here, at Wapner at 11. My beef is with anybody who leaves reindeer antlers on the roof of their Jeep Cherokee past January 1st. This is not the North Pole, and you are not towing Santa, weirdo. Take the rack down. Let's try some rapid-fire phone calls, and then we'll call it a day. All right, so we're going quickly. Get in, get out. I'm almost out of time. Just get your beef on the air and get out. Eamon, Portland. Eamon, what's your beef? Hey, Jim. How's it going? Uh, my beef is with my fantasy football commissioner. It's been five days. I won the league. I want my money. Otherwise, I'm going to go to town. Jeremy Renner. And- ah! That's not a good call. No. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. That's not rapid fire. Not a very good call. What do you not understand about rapid fire? Change up. I know you thought you had more time, but you don't. Just give me your beef and get the hell out. We're already at 28 past. Let's go to Green Bay. Glenn. Glenn, what's your beef? Romy, since you've been here, we miss you, buddy. You haven't been here since 96 when we went to the Super Bowl. We hope you come back. My beef is with the with the Green Bay, well, actually with the Chicago Bears, the NFL, you and the national media, because nobody made the announcement that the Bears are the first team to hire minority black owner. And it never came out, and I'm very disappointed, Jim. Very disappointed, you guys. Jordan Love is a new owner, and nobody said nothing. That's not a good call. No. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. That's not rapid fire. That's just you talking really fast and not making a lot of sense. Like, I don't, I don't even know where you're going with that. What? Oh! A Jordan Love joke. Ah. All right, so here's my thing. You just wrecked it, so I want to end it, but I don't want to walk off on that. Hopefully, we end this better than that. Very poor attempt at humor, my man. Let's go to New Orleans. Dan, Dan, what is your beef? Hi, Jim. My beef is with my brother and his whole family. He stayed at our house for over a week after Christmas, eating all the eggs, drinking all the coffee, slamming all the doors. Anyway, they're back to where they came from, so it's all better. Love you, bro. Who dat? Who dat? Good job. I'm going to end on that. Thank you very much. I like that. My beef is with my brother and the family. Brother. Eating all the eggs. You know what I like best? You know what was sneaky funny about that? Slamming all the doors. I'm not big on noise. One of us in our house makes more noise than me. No names mentioned, but we're empty nesters. Good night.